Hello and welcome to What's the Story Ghost. I'm your host, Essanette. And I'm Stephen. And today we are on episode 16. Stephen. Yes. How do you feel about trucking encounters? What's the problem? What's wrong? <coughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, we've lost Stephen. I've found myself. <laughs> Sound we- like a student come back from traveling. I've found myself. <laughs> Now, again, we are going to cover trucking encounters. Uh, the first story I'm going to read there is from a Reddit user. The Reddit username is Acid Spitting Emu. Wait, what kind of acid? Is it like trippy acid or is it burn your face acid? I can't acid? imagine an emu spitting anything at you as good. So let's go with the nice kind. Which is getting a, getting a nice trip. Yeah. He's a travel agent. Um, this story is actually one that he has heard from his uncle I was very very happy to get it because it struck a chord with me a little bit with my dad being a truck driver and the second one is a conversation my dad and I tried to spin together countless google searches I could not find anything pertaining to this story but I did come up with my own rendition of it I really hope it's okay and you're going to sing sing it for us tonight no one is going to be hearing me sing so we'll start off with the first story there, and then we might just flow through to the second. You will know that they're different. We crack on? Crack on. My uncle, an OT or owner-operator for 30-plus years, told us, myself and my cousin, a story in the mid-80s about a run he was driving from Nashville to Chicago, and then from Chicago to San Francisco, and then back to Nashville in the late 70s. According to his story, he was driving through a desert. I can't remember if he said it was Arizona or Nevada, but I digress. It was about 10pm and he'd been driving for about 14 or 15 hours at this point. He said his words exactly. There hadn't been for 100 miles with sand, cactuses and snakes. His eyelids were starting to grow heavy. So he just pulled right over on the side of the road, headed back into a sleeper and passed out. At around two-ish, he was awoken by a sound of tapping right outside his cab. Thinking it might be the Highway Patrol or DOT, he hopped into his passenger seat to grab his logbook before going to see who was knocking. As he grabbed the logbook, he heard the tapping again coming from the lower glass at the driver's door, followed by a child's voice saying, Hey mister, we're thirsty and I'm tired, can we come in? He was suddenly struck with this feeling of absolute dread. He said it was so strong that he didn't even want to see who it was that was speaking. Something you've got to understand about my uncle. In the entire time that I had known him to that point, I had never seen anything scare him. Anything. I'd seen him charge headfirst towards a guy who had drawn a gun on him. I'd seen him literally attack an alligator that had gotten too close to my cousin when we all went on vacation in Florida one year. Nothing scared the man. However, even years after this incident, as he was telling the story to us, you could see the fear in his eyes. He said that he'd heard the tapping on the glass again and asked once more to be let inside. Against his better judgment, he looked over at the glass and then just froze. He said they looked like any normal kids, if a little pale, but it was their eyes. If you haven't guessed by now, their eyes were solid black. He described them as seeming to have eyes, but also not have eyes, and yet he felt like they were staring right through him through the lower glass. He immediately yelled out, again, his words. Hella, I ain't letting you little f***ers in here. He said that they stared at him almost angrily for a few seconds, and then just disappeared. Not like turned away and walked off, or stepped down from the bottom step, just poof, gone. 
He sat in his passenger seat for a few seconds trying to figure out what just happened when suddenly they started pounding on the passenger door right next to him and yelling, let us in now. He said they didn't sound like kids anymore. With zero hesitation, he jumped from the passenger seat to the driver's seat, threw his rig in gear and peeled out of there as fast as he could switch gears. He said he didn't slow down until he hit California and took a different highway back to Tennessee. He did say he saw them again later that morning though. He said he'd been trucking down the highway for another couple of hours when in his lights he saw those same two kids on the side of the road just standing there staring at his truck. They continued to stare at him the entire time as they passed him but were gone when he looked for them in the side mirrors. He told us he found another gear in his truck that he didn't even know he had. This is almost the exact story he told us that day and many times after, translated from his usual dialect of redneck into proper English for your reading pleasure by yours truly. Could it have been a nightmare? Not likely, since he was obviously awake when he was driving into Cali that morning. Could it have been a story that he made up just to scare his kids? Maybe, but he really wasn't the scary story type. As well as that, he told us the same story well into our adult years. Could it have been a hallucination of an overworked, sleep-deprived mind? Possibly. But he'd worked these hours and had even driven the same route for many years before and after. Also, the whole black-eyed children phenomenon hadn't even been popularised in the mainstream yet, and wouldn't be for a couple of decades. I'll let you make your own judgement on this story. I'd be interested to know your take on this. Old 39er Alaska State Route 11, also known as the Dalton Highway, is one of the most isolated roads in America, stretching 414 miles, approximately 666 kilometers, from Fairbanks to Dead Horse. Towns and service stations are few and far between. To give our Irish listeners an idea of that kind of distance, it's like driving from the wee house of Malin and Donegal through Dublin to Mason Head Signal Station in Cork with nothing to see. So essentially from head to toe of our teddy bear shaped island without so much as an apple green station. No big towns, Londonderry, Dublin, Cork don't exist. But what you do see is an open road, some mountains, and the closer you get to Dead Horse, the snow. Lots and lots of snow. Known as the loneliest road on earth, it's not the route you want to take and break down. Traffic police officers nowadays are accustomed to accidents along the route and they conduct regular helicopter patrols for accidents and truck breakdowns. But the 80s were a little different. Carl loaded up his Peterbilt with some essentials, coffee cup and flask, snacks and emergency equipment his wife demands he brings, blankets, MREs, things he never anticipates using but he does it to give her mind some respite. He stops at a diner in Fairbanks for some soul food for the road, as he knows the next stop isn't until Coldfoot, which is the halfway mark. Some rest between now and then should see him through, he thinks to himself. It's not his first haul this long, but it is the first time on this route, and the weather in Alaska, though unpredictable, is reliably unpredictable, so he's trying to pace himself. Living up to the name the road is known by, the loneliest road on earth, there really were fewer vehicles on this road than he actually thought. Try as he may, he had to call it and find somewhere safe to stop so he could pop chains onto his tyres as the road was becoming even icier. 
He pulls off just after Yukon River and the job is done rather quickly, so he decides to have a quick cup of joe from his flask and a sandwich his wife packed. The only problem was, when he tried the engine, it wouldn't turn over. Knowing his truck was only recently serviced, he got out to see what he could do. Conditions weren't getting any better and his hands grew bitterly cold trying to work on the engine outside, so he decided to give it a break. The snow was getting pretty thick and it was getting harder to see the road, much less any passing vehicles seeing him and offering assistance. While all the worries of a driver battling the Dalton Highway for the first time set in, Carl reminds himself he's an experienced driver, and he calmly reassures himself of his favourite phrase, if there be panic, let it be orderly panic. In fact, the only thing he was really worried about was having to admit to his wife that he actually did need to use the blanket in one of the MREs she made him pack. The weather wasn't getting any better, so Carl decided his only option was to get into his winter gear and walk until he sees another driver who might be able to help. Just as he's about to put his Alaskan-worthy jacket back on, he hears a horn in the distance. He looks up and can just about make out another trucker waving his hands and flashing his lights. Carl opened his window, the bitter cold shocking his face and the howling wind making it even more difficult to make out what the other driver is saying. But then the wind changes and nearly carries his voice to Carl. You need help, buddy? He hears the other driver say. Carl shouts back. Damn engine won't turn over. Give her a minute and try again. I'll follow behind. Make sure you get where you're going. The trucker calls back. Well, would you believe it? The truck turned over on the first try. Carl pulled out of the spot he'd been caught in for hours and gave the horn a beep as he passed the other driver. Carl couldn't make out what rig the other truck was from, but he managed to catch a glimpse of the name Old 39er. Carl drives the three hours to Coldfoot, Old 39er following behind his promised. He's hoping the trucker will also be stopping so he can buy him a coffee, for no other reason than to say thanks for the moral support. Unfortunately, when they reach the turn for the truck stop, Old 39er beeps the horn and waves out the window, letting Carl know he's just going to keep trucking on. Carl falls into a warm bowl of tomato soup and a pipe and hot cup of joe. A member of staff, Dan, comes to say hi, because it's the dead of night and the place is empty except for Carl. How are you finding everything? Dan asked. I'd love to tell you, but I'm afraid my wife would be offended. Carl said. High praise for soup, but then I've never been a la cold before. I'll refill your coffee, so, said Dan. I had some engine trouble a ways back. Nearly got out and walked to try and find some help, Carl said. Well now, let's be thankful you didn't, or you might not be sitting here slurping on the soup and coffee, Dan said relieved. I didn't think it would be that bad, Carl replied, sounding shocked. Good thing that other driver caught sight of me. I was just putting my jacket on when he beeped the horn and flashed his lights at me. Other driver? What other driver? Dan asked, with a puzzled expression on his face. The driver that was behind me just as I pulled my rig into the lot. Carl said, not sure how he didn't see old 39er considering they were no other trucks in the lot or on the highway at the time. Well, my friend, you're the only big rig I've seen here in hours, and every trucker stops here. Not just for the hot soup, but because we're at the halfway mark to nowhere and everywhere. Are you sure? Carl asked. How could you miss the big old rig? I couldn't make out to make a colour, but all 39 was written across the side. Dan had been giggling half-heartedly up until now, assuming Carl had maybe just 
been on the road for too long without taking time to rest. Dalton Highway isn't the longest route in the world, but it takes its toll. But then he answered. Yeah, I knew old 39er, but he hasn't been on these roads in a long, long time. He retired the old rig? Asked Carl. In a manner of speaking, he died out by Yukon River back in 53. Carl continued on his journey, feeling grateful that old 39er happened upon him, just before he was about to go for what could have been his last walk. What do you think of that story? That was cool. Yeah? It was really interesting. Specifically because I know your father had an input of that because of some things, the, the, the phrase, the, uh, what is it, your dad always says, if there be panic, panic, let it be ordinary panic. panic. I didn't think you'd actually catch that. Of course I'd catch that. Oh, I wanted to incorporate loads about my dad in there, and then I realised I don't think they have Scania in the US. But I tried as best I could to pronounce the areas correctly and try and have it era appropriate. The most popular, I suppose, make of truck, truck that I could find was the Peterbilt. Oh my God, it's so confusing though, because we have cars, and then we have like SUVs, and then we have flatbed pickups. But in the US, they call pickups trucks. And we call trucks trucks, but they call them semis or rigs. And, and it's, it's chips. <laughs> so I had a question there. What's a Peterbilt? And that's a type of big rig. It's a maker truck. Yeah. Not a truck. A uh, big rig. Yeah. Semi. I don't know. I, I I watched a semi get taken out of the ice on this particular road. So that's the only reason that I, I knew that they were actually called a semi. And you actually told me this earlier. I think you had a backstory to why the town Coldfoot is called Coldfoot. Yeah. So I... I Again, I I wanted to pick, I don't know if it was like isolated or barren or, you know, pretty much I googled the loneliest roads in the US and then I read about Route 11 and then halfway is called Coldfoot and I read that the natives would actually walk from Fairbanks and on the way to Dead Horse, they'd get halfway and then they just get cold feet and they'll be like, no, if the, the depths of winter there, I think it goes below 82 or below 85. Now, I know that's Fahrenheit, but it's below anything. So it's going to be cold. Yeah. Um, but apparently, yeah, they got cold feet. So they just decided to call the place Coldfoot. And that's where that originated from. Now, again, I had I have maybe two or three sources for that. It's going to be really hard to try and verify some of the sources I use for this story. Complete, It's complete fiction. I cannot explain that enough. Now, if you do happen to come across an old 39er story, please tell me because my dad and I Googled it for like half a day. So I had to come up with something for this one because it was too good a story not to tell because I thought of some, I don't know, real old school trucker going around trying to help people so that they don't make silly mistakes. Because if you're not used to that kind of terrain and you're not used to that kind of call, of course you're going to go for a walk and look for a if, local... If your dad anybody. was a ghost, that's the kind of ghost he'd be. It would be. He'd be driving around. He'd probably be on his... He'd be driving around in his Goldwing helping attractive ladies in distress, changing, yeah, well, I mean, changing tires. and. You don't buy a Goldwing because it's a convenient thing. It's literally the same size as a car. So, But I just thought it was a really sweet story. I've heard loads of stories where hikers have had help from people who lived in the woods that people hadn't heard of in years, but they just happened to keep helping all these weary travellers. Like I have been tired, especially coming up towards Christmas in my job. I mean, there were days when I was doing, what, 12, 13, 14 hour shifts. Now, I wasn't driving nonstop, so I can't even imagine what that kind of tired feels like. Mm. And then I know when I'm really tired, the easiest thing to do and the safest thing to do is to stop driving for a few minutes, make yourself a really, really strong cup of coffee, walk around whatever your vehicle is, get some fresh air, 
you can't do that on this road because towards the winter time it's cold like it is really really cold do you know ice truckers the tv show mm, yeah that's what that highway is Ooh. i didn't know that until i started reading it i just picked the most desolate place that i could find and then it turns out they've actually it's that bad and it's that dangerous that they have made a show about it you need something bigger than a gold wing to yeah most definitely yeah most definitely i did happened to because again i was trying to be somewhat factual and there is a stop just on after uh yukon river oh yeah or just at the yukon river it basically says it has the bare essentials and then i looked at the picture of some of the food and i was just like you know what i'd eat that on a good sunday and if you've been driving for three and a half hours and you haven't seen sight or sound of an apple green Ah, or anything you'd eat anything but what they had there i was just kind of like they have that back in the 80s because I'm pretty sure poor Carl would have been okay if he had to stop. But that was that was fun. I really enjoyed actually coming out with something completely fictitious with some sort of facts in it because I did try and get the names right and I probably pronounced everything wrong but I just thought it was a really sweet story of an old trucker going around helping people because there's been loads of people who've said, oh, this one time I saw such and such and people are like, he's been dead for 10 years. I know that was only a very short episode but it was just a nice way to kind of eases back into recording because we've had a very sick household for the last week so i do apologize for missing the two episodes uh i'd love to say we'll make it up to you but we have twins so no are we good we're good have you any more questions for me no say your words exit jingle time you have no patience no i wish people never told you that that's their favorite part but like the One. end of the show is their favorite part of the show one person said that okay. that's because she's too scared of the, the, the start and middle of the show <laughs> okay so we'll finish up there thank you so much for listening if you've gotten this far if you would like to send us any recommendations or have any comments on today's episode you can get us on our instagram it is what's the story ghost if you have any personal experiences you would like to share with us the email is what's the story ghost at gmail.com and on that note exit jingle no that's too that's countdown. countdown. <laughs> Exit jingle. Ba, da, 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 da. Bye. Bye now.